0: Hello, hello! It's drive time. Drive time. We are out on the road of life after divorce. I'm Erin Breeze, your CarCast host and co-pilot, and it is a beautiful day. It is a beautiful, beautiful morning here, and I'm super happy to be connecting with you. I'm back at it. Back at my daily, my daily school commute this morning. Thinking about my mom and all the driving she did while she was here visiting. We miss her already, and um, of course, she left the fridge stocked full of all kinds of goodness, reminding me that, um, you know, some of it's those simple things, right? It's like the food, the the food of family. <laughs> I'm just so grateful she comes and she makes certain soups and chili and quiche and all kinds of yumminess. And um, one of my commitments to myself is to adopt a few of these recipes with more regularity. (laughs) I don't know about you, but cooking is something that um, I most enjoy when it's like an event. It's an activity. It's because it's an occasion or it's because it's shared. So I find that, especially when the girls were younger and not really ready to participate in a way that would feel... Um, I was gonna say fun you know what I mean when kids are really little it's like you're help they're helping you but you're still on (laughs) as once we have other adults to cook with it can be really fun because you're actually sharing sharing it Uh, and I want to do more of that my girls are 9 and 14 now and Harper cooks for herself can often Ray there's a few things that she likes to make for herself. Um, they're great in the kitchen and could that could soup certainly be more of a family activity now that they're older that I'm wanting to embrace. And the I find that those, if you do some of that, right, preparation, preparation can create so much flow for us. And especially if you, like our family, find that certain sports seasons mean that there's a ton of coming and going at unusual hours, or hours just that interrupt dinner flow. How wonderful to walk in the door and already have homemade soup or chili to heat up. Um, It's just, it's been so great these last two weeks to have that, Uh, and so my commitment to myself is with a little preparation, if I build in on the Sunday Uh, some preparation time for cooking for soup making and enjoy that when it's not you know hungry bellies (laughs) underfoot needing food immediately right that's not the time to be preparing in an enjoyable way so I'm gonna work on that and maybe that inspires you in some way to is there something that you can plan ahead and just make it that much easier so you you also can walk in the door and it's just there and at the ready, maybe there's something that comes to mind. And maybe there's also something that comes to mind that reminds you of home in a way that you haven't made in a while or that you wanna connect to your kids around, to share in stories, family memories, Sometimes we it's those simple things. It's those really simple things that are part of the heart of our family culture and our our shared traditions that we can um, bring forward because food is such a central part of traditions, right? We're always talking about what we're eating (laughs) and why. And so it can be such a wonderful way, even when it's not the actual occasion, to make something that connects to a holiday. Yep. So, all right, what are we going to talk about today? Well, here's, here's what. So before we fully transition, make a note, mental note if you're driving, actual note if you're not of the, the menu item. What's one meal that you would like to bring in that really speaks to you uh, and that would add a sense of continuity in your family and just celebration? Or connection to tradition in a meaningful way and then when can you do that (laughs) when can you do that to make it easier on yourself can you do it on a weekend and put it in the freezer and just defrost does it can it just be ready at at the at the ready ready at the ready like the soup and chili example Uh, and have fun with that especially it's fall it's fall now so it's a wonderful time to I feel like like I don't know we're in more And sometimes there's different foods, right, that we gravitate toward with the change in season that can feel really um, nice to set that intention and start to enjoy those things. Um, All right. So this morning, actually, early, early, 6.30, which is early for me for a Zoom meeting, I was on a Zoom call with um, marketing consultants I'm working with and they are Pakistani and we had an interesting conversation around the culture of divorce. And something stood out to me, um, that Ali said, which was that in his culture, like in certain communities and in certain Pakistani communities, he's, this is what he said. He said, divorce is worse than death. Worse than death is the perception of this happening and that's pretty significant, right? Like that takes your breath away a little bit to imagine what that would feel like if the cultural narrative was that strong. And it got me thinking about a couple things. One is that it is, it is a luxury in a way, um, in a big way, the kind of freedom that, That I certainly feel about making, around making the decision, right? That I know not all women have that same permission, cultural permission, right? And even here in the US, there's still so much stigma and shame and blame that can be handed around depending on our community, our cultural, religious community, what we, um, where we live how we were raised, all of those things, right? So I know that it's not um, uniform, our experience around this. But for most of us, it's not quite that extreme, this idea that it's worse than death. But I know that that would ring true for some of you. And maybe if not for you, it's part of the legacy. Maybe that feels like it's only one or two generations where that would be true for you and your family. And so... I want to explore that some with you because it, you know, I talk about divorce as this divine disruption and I do understand that that's a big leap for some of us to make and bigger for others to make this concept that it can even be something purposeful, something ultimately um, beautiful, not because of the divorce itself, but because of what, the awakening that, that 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 it can that can happen alongside this it can be catalytic right but i recognize that that's not that, that it's a it's a big a big ask for some of us and maybe even an impossibility for others because of cultural and religious or social pressures and structures that make just from the beginning make it, make it hard the legal process can be imp- hard, if not impossible, um, at times, and in certain pl- places and parts of the world. Right, so I'm really—it just was very sobering to remember. Like, it's a—it's a big, it's a big thing. This, what we're doing to transform and shift the narratives around divorce, and it's a different process depending on where we're starting from and what our cultural reference points are, what our religious and social constructs are. And so I would love to, I invite you to just to reflect on that. And maybe it gives you pause to honor even more your own journey and your courage on your path. Perhaps it gives you greater empathy and understanding and sensitivity to, for those women who, don't have access to making the same decision for whatever reason. And maybe even if they could technically legally, they still would risk so much, um, st- not just stigma, but shunning. Right. And, and it becomes, you can see where it would become something worse than death. If it means, if not being connected to a family, not having a husband and a, um, an extended family, that, that it could mean death. It would have meant death at a point for many, many, many of us across cultures, right? Because it would have meant no economic opportunity. It would have meant no access to to land, to resources, to survival. So we can see where then over time it would become like if, if you must be married in order to survive right then of course death divorce would be feared greater than death because it would mean it would mean a slow progression toward death perhaps so i think it's really powerful to just spend some time with that and reflect on it from a perspective in a few different ways one how does that add even greater depth of my own of the, the significance that I show that, A, I take advantage of the option that I even have, that I exercise this option, right? And that I that I help perhaps charter new territory in how this can be done so that others can do it after me more freely with greater hope, like we hope greater ease, greater comfort that they're not alone in this, right? So we can look at it from that perspective. And also like, how can we help others who need more community, need more support because of what they're going to face when they make this decision? How can we be more available to others going through it? Who may be facing such greater shame, blame, shunning, criticism, judgment, um, isolation, as a result of this, and then on the other side, like how can we, how can we continue to make, to expand this conversation about, like why, why would it be worse than death, and like what is wrong, in our community that we would set that up that way, right, and is it wrong, right, like this is a big big conversation, right? It's, I understand for some people, there's such a great commitment to that cultural, there's like a cultural agreement, right? That's part of how society works. And we want to keep looking at that. Like, how do we want to keep evolving? Where is there space to evolve? Where are we unwilling to evolve and make room? Where are we going to hold on tight to institutions and to our, our, um, reinforcement that that is the only way to live a life or to be a family or to be an adult. There's a lot to unpack there. And If you've listened to me for any bit of time, you know, I'm really committed. Like my, my mission in this is to make more room, make more space for the experience of divorce and to transform the experience for those of us going through it and our families away from the shame and the blame and the stigma and the pain of it this, I mean, my last episode, right? It was nothing bad or wrong has happened. Why are we making this bad and wrong? I mean, some people would say, well, it just is. Cause marriage was a, you know, their vows were said and it's supposed to be permanent, right? Well, at what expense and at whose expense? At what cost is that sought? At what cost? At whose expense? So it's a big topic. It's super big. And it's really important to look at, again, from like our own personal journey and from our family legacy, but also much broader than that, like this bigger um, understanding now that divorce is happening, that institution of marriage is getting evaluated, it's getting revised, where we have more freedom now to say This is what I want and don't want. This is what I will not accept. This is what I won't sign up for. But we don't all have that voice yet. We don't all have that voice yet. We don't all have the freedom to enter into, right? And that's part of what's so sobering about this idea of it's worse than death because it's worse than death often also in the same places where women have the least freedom to choose, It's not a, it's a big thing. It's a really big thing. So I just want to, I guess, it's such a big topic. Like, I think, invite you to reflect on your own journey and your own courage. Invite you to continue to heal and release anything that was given to you that isn't yours. To carry judgments around wrongness or badness that, that you know in your heart and your truth are not, are somebody else's. Um, rules that you are going to choose to rewrite for yourself and write on your own terms. And first and foremost, write on your own terms and then share those new terms, right, With, with your friends and family and ultimately with your children so that they don't feel the same level of oppression by those rules, if that's how it has felt for you. Because we deserve to be able to be free in all ways and find marriage and long-term partnership if that enhances our freedom. But also be able to say no thank you if that's not something that we want. Um, And we don't all have that say. So it's a big thing worse than death. It's a really big thing. And I hope for all of us that we can find in and, and give ourselves ever greater permission to experience all of life in a way that honors who we truly are, what we truly want, that we get to, we get to write our own script. We get to narrate our life journey and, We get to heal from any places where we have experienced pain because of these rules that come from those before us. These are really old rules, and some of them need not apply. But it's easier said than done. It's easier said than done. So, yeah, how can we today support someone else even more going through this, remind them of their worth and beauty and and um, just innate right to have a full life that's free from judgment and free from criticism and full of love and light and hope, no matter where they're from and what they've experienced and what decisions they've made or haven't made, right? How can we continue to be that and continue to have conversations to normalize this, this, this reality that not all marriages are places where, where everybody is thriving. And if we're like at what expense, whose expense are we willing to stay in and in relationships that don't give our, give us freedom, right? And then recognize that not everybody has that choice and that that's really, that's where we are. That's where we are as a, as a global human Species, we don't all have the right that we that I certainly get to have, and then I know so many of you get to have to say this isn't working for me, and I'm going to pursue my life independently, right? Like it's a big thing, independence, and being able to embrace our own independence is not something that everybody gets to do to really be out in the world. And it's interesting too, this notion, this the concept of independence and freedom, right? Because sometimes that in and of itself also creates a lot of discomfort being out on our own as women when we've been taught perhaps that we're supposed to be in a relationship, that we're supposed to be somebody's partner, that we're that, that's supposed to be the part of our identity that is the most important. Well, what if it's not for us? <laughs> like then what? What if we would like to have an autonomy, and a sense of being a free being. Being a free being on our, in our own way, whatever that is. So I would love for you today to, to reflect on anything that's come up, but especially this notion of like how, in what ways do you feel totally free? Where do you notice that you don't feel free? And what steps can you take, do you choose to take, to explore that, like to free yourself, to give yourself ever greater permission to be honest with yourself about it, to notice where you don't feel free, to begin to move toward greater freedom in whatever area of your life, right? That can have to do with relationships and sexuality. It can have to do with your your career, your profession, and fully, freely pursuing something that maybe you never felt you had the right to pursue or were supported to pursue, and maybe it's time, right? And how can we also continue to give our children the language around that they get to choose, that they get to choose and they get to choose for the reasons that will allow them to grow and thrive, not, we hope, for reasons that have to do with obligation, with cultural or societal obligation and how do they tell the difference right and how do they really get to have their own free will in this space that can feel so complicated and multi-layered how do we do that is it possible these are big questions for us to sit with so how can we begin in our own family noticing have we you know do we have we shamed any or judged anyone related to their desire to be free and and say no to something that Others have said yes to. You know, it's interesting that, like, sometimes we become if we feel like, well, we had to do it, we want everybody else to then have to do it, whatever that is, it is, right? How did, how dare she say no to the thing that I felt pressured to say yes to when it comes to a cultural or social norm? And we gotta look at that. We do that. We often do that. We towed the line, so then we want the next person and And we really want to look at that, because then we become complicit in perpetuating some of these things that create so much pain and, and harm to others. Big stuff, big stuff on a on a Tuesday morning. So today I wish you greater joy, greater peace, greater sense of freedom, also greater just um, maybe depth of understanding of your own, journey in this what what freedom you have found for yourself and the ways in which you can use that newfound freedom to uplift others to teach others to be available for others on this path and as always know that I am available to you on this journey and if you know anyone who is beginning this process looking for greater support and community please help them find us so that we can be a a part of the light and the uplifting that they may be seeking right now. All right, have a beautiful day. As always, send in so much sun, shine, and so much love to you today and every day. Have a beautiful day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.